0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host Laura, and I'm here as ever with the lovely, wonderful, however many synonyms I can think of during the introduction, <laughs>
1: Mia Andretta. Hello. <laughs> I was wondering how how you do it this time. Um, what do I know, Lisa? You may know me as Oh Mia God on Twitter. Andretta, where are you? Who are you? What's up? <laughs> What's going on? Where are we? I
2: don't know, I'm not... <laughs> Um... <laughs> You may know me as Super Rita on Twitter or oh, everywhere. I'm that everywhere,
0: honestly. And today we're back with another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. So uh, today we are doing episode 20. We will be talking about episode 93 Alone at Sea, episode 94 Greg the Babysitter, episode 95 Gem Hunt, episode 96 Crack the Whip, and episode 97 Steven versus Amethyst. I believe it's. Yep, those five this week. So, we should probably start off with episode 93, Alone at Sea. Probably. Who who wants to kick (laughs) us off on this? Because I think this is going to be a
1: big one to talk about. Yes, there are big serious issues to discuss Legends episode.
0: Yeah. At least it starts
1: out nice and light-hearted, so... Stephen
0: and Greg rent a boat. Mm -hmm, That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I could have bought a boat, being a multi-millionaire, but I didn't want to... Go overboard. Like hey. uh, yeah. I like this reinforcement of this whole idea that Greg has this enormous fortune, but he's still a very frugal shopper. Yeah. Mm. Like, it hasn't changed him as a person in that he's still, like yeah, I want to do this thing for my son, but renting is still a more responsible, you know, yeah. financial decision than purchasing. Well,
1: we see in this batch, don't we? Like, he still works at the car wash. Yeah. Like, he's still going to work every day. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's not
0: just, like, laying back, doing nothing, splurging all his money everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. going to be a responsible shopper. Um, Lapis doesn't get the concept of handshakes.
1: No, no. I mean... To say this is such a serious episode later on, there's some nice lapis humour early on.
0: It's it's interesting characterisation that I assume it's just a thing that gems don't do because they're light projections. It's like...
1: Yeah, well, they, they do the um, gem salute for kind of everything, I think. I feel yeah. like Retta is doing it right now. You can't see it, but... Like, you can see it moment. in your mind's yes, eye. Yes, imagine it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that the gem salute is a sort of... Uh,
1: Ev- all use cases, like, replacement for, like, yeah, interactions. Yeah, like, the whole society works around, like, the hierarchy and the diamond. Ooh, Rhett has got a concerned <laughs> look on her face.
2: No concerned thinking. I was thinking it's probably because of the way that the class system works with the gems. It's like a military thing.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. the way I see it. Like, it's... in the
2: military, they don't go going, give me a handshake. The salute, the mm-hmm. hires. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what
1: movies have taught me, anyway. Exactly. We we
0: have no first time at hand
2: <laughs> none of us are military. It may surprise you
1: none of us are military people. No.
0: Uh what you think. So the whole point of this episode is Stephen <laughs> wants to reintroduce Lapis to
1: the water. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I just want to quickly cut in. The other thing I found really amusing is so Lapis is brought along to go on this boat trip and then they meet Greg and they do the jokes and then Lapis says, Stephen, who is this? She has no idea who Greg is.
0: Yeah, Greg's like, hey, we met before you broke my, my leg
1: when you tried yeah. to steal all the water from Earth. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I guess since then they've not met. Greg's
0: not really had any real significance on Lapis's life in the way that, like, Lapis made a significant impact on Greg because she stole all the water from Earth. It's hard like, to forget that. Yeah, whereas, like, to Lapis, Greg was just one of the humans.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah so Stephen's trying to reintroduce Lapis to water because she's a, she's a little bit cagey about water because, you know, that was her prison when her and uh, Jasper yeah. were at the bottom of the ocean for a while. We saw
1: that referenced when Paradox created the pool. Yeah. It's like, oh, water, that thing that i just mm-hmm. been trapped in. Horribly.
2: Yeah, like the the way that I've um, like written it down is that Stephen is helping Lapis recover from her trauma to do with water. Ooh, mm. I
0: like I, that way of looking at it. I think that's a really good th- way of looking at it. It's it's an attempt at doing like um, a very gentle version of something like immersion therapy. It's mm, tr- mm. You may be able to hear a bell ringing because we didn't shut smudge in the other room while recording nah. so smudge is doing a bit of a scratch mm-hmm.
1: smudge is joining us this episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a gentle version of something like inversion uh, conver- I- immersion therapy. That's the one. Not not conversion therapy. <laughs> I, I hope. not. Um, this idea of like gently trying to introduce someone to the thing that they are scared mm. of or have baggage well. for, etc.
2: As well as that, like, every time Stephen sees that Lapis is kind of staring out at the ocean, dwelling on what's happened previously, he then Mm. distracts her and he's kind of like, yeah, but look at this thing that you could do. Yeah, Yeah. I think
1: he's trying to kind of replace the bad memories Mm. with new happy Mm -hmm. memories. There's very quickly at the beginning of this episode, we see a lot
0: of, like, very telling things that Lapis says that, like, give us a really good insight into her emotional state Mm. and how she's feeling. I think the first one is... When the offer is made to go out on this rented boat, she says something to the effect of, I don't deserve this. She's yeah. very sort of like, she doesn't feel like... She she feels like a ba- like she's done something wrong, like she's a bad person, like mm-hmm. she, you know, doesn't deserve support or happiness because my my interpretation, at least, is that her sense of self-confidence was completely broken down by the fusion with Jasper, that she feels like... She was made to feel like a terrible, terrible person, and as such, she feels like she deserves nothing. Yeah,
1: that's the way I read it. Like, what the the act of fusing with her, and what took place on the Watermelon Island, and like fighting the mm-hmm. gems, and the fact that we know that she liked part of that. Yeah, I think that's kind of really muddled her sense of worth.
2: Uh, Doesn't she yeah. only decide to go when Stephen says what the name of the boat is?
0: Yeah, the what was it, the SS Lappers or something?
2: Little or Lappie. Lappie. Lappie, yeah. little Lappy,
1: which is kind of pasted over the um, SS misery. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So we we very quickly get another example of this. Like she's clearly not good in a good headspace thing. Mm. When um, I think it's Greg who offers her the captain's hat. And
1: yeah. she very angrily rejects that captainship. Um, it's a very strong reaction to what's meant to be kind of playful. Yeah. I think
2: it's because she doesn't like the idea of being in charge. Because the last yeah. time she was in charge, she was pinning herself and someone else down at the mm. bottom of, with the wave yeah. of the ocean. So. She
0: she says as much. Like she she calms herself down and she does say like, "I'm sorry. I can't. I can't be trusted." And that's her her rationale for it. But yeah. I think it's really interesting that her initial response is anger. That she clearly has a lot of like, ra- rage and like those kind of more active negative emotions connected to her feelings of the sea. It's not all sadness. There yeah. is some anger tied up in yeah, there. Yeah, it's not all passive. I think
2: yeah. a lot of the anger will be at herself. Yeah. Because she seems frustrated that she liked the relationship as well. Yeah. Because she's kind of like, but I liked it, that must mean I'm a horrible person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. There's there's a
0: lot we've got to unpack when we get to like the bit of this episode. (laughs) She's
2: repressing a lot, I think,
0: is Lapis during this episode. There's a lot she doesn't know how to deal with, I think. Um so eventually Lapis starts to have fun. We have a bit of a um what is a, a montage where she has some fun pulling the, the boat horn and uh, it's
1: like, oh, ah, yeah. silly boat fun. Like Maybe the, the water's not terrible. She's starting to lighten up and yeah. it's implied they've kind of been at sea for a while.
2: Yeah. She's and Greg offers to go fishing.
0: Yeah, she's still a bit intense at this point. So Greg is, is fishing and Lapis tries <laughs> to help catch the fish by very seriously pulling a bunch of water out of the ocean. (laughs) And uh, Greg freaks out ever so slightly because Lapis is demonstrating a lot of power
1: here. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting moment because I feel like Lapis is taking it in a very practical way. Like, yeah. oh, we are trying to get fish We're out of the water. We're trying to get water. fish out of the Here water. Here you go. <laughs> Here's the fish you Yeah, planted. and
0: I think Greg's fear, a lot of it comes out of this whole, the last time I saw you use water powers, you tried to steal all the earth's water and you, and broke, you my broke my leg. And you broke my leg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like he's got reason to be scared mm-hmm. of these powers. Mm-hmm.
2: But Lapish when, Lapish? Lapish. That's her name now, Lapish.
1: Lapish and the fish. <laughs>
2: When Lapis does that and Greg like freaks out a bit, when she puts it back down, she like blushes and it it's like she's trying to um impress Greg. Because it's I... kind of like you are someone important to Stephen. Therefore, I want you to think that
0: I had a really different read on this. Go ahead. So the thing that I thought was significant about her putting the water back is she like throws the water back down. She's like it's not a calm lowering down. She's just, like, mm. drops it down. She's like, oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. That it's like, I've done something wrong. I messed up. That she's sort of, like, very quick to try and undo what she's done. Yeah, I took it as a much more, like, self-introspective negative feeling rather than a, oh, oh, no, I was a bit shy about... I wanted to impress Greg's dad. I think it was entirely, like... I am embarrassed, I did a thing wrong, I messed up again.
1: Yeah, I could see being either way. <laughs> I was not attached to either theory, but... Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so... I have to say, Stephen thinks it's amazing, though. Stephen yeah, does think it's yes, amazing. Stephen's like, whoa! Because they can actually see all the fish swimming <laughs> mm-hmm. around. One thing I just wanted to point out real quick, um, Stephen gives her a glass of orange juice, and she lifts a bubble of it up with her finger. Because she's using her water powers to lift up the orange juice. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. I think
1: she's not sure what she's meant to do yeah. with it. She's yeah. like, this is what I do with yeah. liquids. Probably... So she kind
2: of picks it up and is just like, hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause presumably she's never actually drunk anything before. so That nice. doesn't seem to be her relationship to
2: liquids, no. <laughs> um,
0: so I, I have a question for you in a second and I'm going to lead up to it. So. Okay. Lapis tries to catch a fish normally under Greg's instruction. Something really strong pulls back and forth um, and it really freaks Lapis out. So my question, was it Jasper on the end of the fishing line? That's what I got. Or did it just remind her of the pull back and forth with Jasper? Like, that's my question is, was it literally Jasper? Mm, mm. Or did she freak out because it's just that pulling back and forth reminded her of her time with Jasper?
2: I thought that, in a way, she might be able to sense that it's Jasper.
0: So, contextually, with the other stuff that goes on, like, there's other things that happened to the boat that I think were caused by Jasper. And with that context, I would agree that I think this is meant to literally be Jasper. But, I don't know, my my readings on this have changed over time, and I like the thought of this just being... Her, her just reminded of that back and forth pull rather
1: than something literal. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. It's not something that occurred to me until you said it. But I do like the idea that her having this, like, tense tug of war kind of feeling is mm-hmm. exactly what she had mentally with Jasper. I
2: like that. It's but probably why she disliked fishing. Yeah, yeah. like with the rod. Because mm. it's like, I don't like the feeling. Because it, it's, again, the thing of being in charge. But yeah. it's even more literal, because it's like, you've got to be in charge, and you've got to be the one pulling it yeah. to make things go your way and so, not the other way.
0: Yeah, so we don't know for certain one way or the other. Um, I think from context that it maybe was meant to be literally Jasper, but I like the theory that it was just her being reminded of that push mm-hmm. and pull dynamic. Yeah. Um. So then the boat breaks, which I assume is literally
1: like Jasper doing this. Yeah. I think Jasper breaks the boat. I think it has to be. And she says something about, like, I've finally caught up to you or something. Yeah, like I she's... don't
0: think it was an a coincidence
1: or an accident yeah. that the bro- it, boat broke.
2: It wasn't the boat that broke first, so it's the, just the fishing line.
1: That's true. That oh, Because yeah. she
2: climbs on board first. It's Lapis that breaks the boat. Because she punches no, 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 Jasper no, no,
0: off. No, no, no. Before this, when the engine breaks... And they're stalled at ocean. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Because the rudder wasn't responding. Yeah, the first. rudder's not responding. Then the like the engine is smoking, and Greg's having to look up the manual. That I think was Jasper. Like that's yeah. that's the
1: bit I'm referring to that I think was Jasper. Good point though. I had actually forgotten. I was mm, imagining yeah. the bit with the hole. and Yeah, that was.
2: yeah, that was. Were you saying the boat breaking? I imagined the boat like literally. No, no, no. Snapping, the, breaking. The the, parts,
0: the boat stopped moving because it had broken down. Yeah. I assumed that was. <laughs> I thought I was clear.
2: Um, <laughs> oh well, quickly, quickly. Um, I just really like the owner's manual when Greg's reading it. Trying to fix the engine, because he goes, it's mostly advice on sun, tanging, sun tanning and what crackers go with caviar.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very kind of upper class. Yeah. yeah. Um, this
0: is advice for you as a new person who has a boat, or someone drive your boat for yes, you. You're probably not going to be the one fixing it.
1: Yes. Um,
0: so, at this point, the boat is, is broken and not moving, and the storm turns grey as Lapis's mood goes south. Yeah. Um... I do wonder, to some degree, is it Lapis's mood going south causes the storm to go grey possibly because she
2: she... controls water and like rain and and stormy weather. Part of it is like,
0: is the weather a representation of her mood? I took it that way. Yeah.
2: When I was a little kid, I used to think that my emotions controlled the weather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just like Um, storm. So.
0: Lapis blames herself for the boat breaking down. And I do have a transcript for this somewhere because there was something interesting in the transcript. But I'm going to need you both to, like, vamp for a second okay, while sure. I find this. Cause one thing I was I I was going to mention.
1: So you thinking that you controlled the weather as a child.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember
1: you telling me that. And then I realised how extra tragic that is because we live in England.
2: Yeah, and it rains all the <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, you grew up in the north
1: of England. Like, one of those rainy places on the planet. Okay. So- I, I have the bit of transcript. Moving so, on from that depressing yeah. side.
0: Um, yeah, we're going to move on to very depressing lapis uh, discussion. So, um, yeah, Stephen initially blames himself. He's very like, I just wanted you to have fun. Everything's a mess. I shouldn't have made you come here. Like, obviously, Stephen's done nothing wrong, but he's blaming himself the regardless.
2: way that i've written a note on it and it's stephen's getting distressed because he knows he can't take away her bad experiences mm. like they are part of who she is but stephen's distressed because he knows that she's suffering and he can't stop that like a
1: powerlessness yeah he's brought her out to have a nice day and get rid of these memories and clearly yeah. that's not working
0: and lapis blames herself equally she's like it's my fault i'm the one to blame um I'm really trying to enjoy it out here, but I can't stop thinking about being fused as Malachite. How I used all my strength to hold her down in the ocean and how I was always battling against Jasper to keep her bound to me. And Stephen says, it's not like that anymore. You don't have to be with Jasper. And then Lapis says, and this is a really big line, that's not it. I, I miss her. And it's a really complicated thing to break apart, this line. It's this idea of, it's difficult to break down this idea of it is okay to miss someone even... That doesn't discredit the fact you're in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> I've written...
2: Even if it's a toxic relationship, it, you can still miss the other person. Mm.
1: Like, we always talk about this being a good thing for kids. Like, but when I watched this episode, I literally did not understand until I got to that line... That it was okay that I initially missed my Mm. ex when we broke up because I was basically I was in an abusive relationship basically. And I didn't realise that for a long time and I kind of like I got to this point years later where I was looking back and I was like, hang on. She was always manipulating me, like she was really controlling. She used to physically hit me regularly Mm. and she knew I didn't like it. And I was like was that abusive? And I was like, well, it can't be. because like when it ended, I was like, oh, I missed Yeah, them. I and missed
0: that person yeah. therefore it can't be, they like, can't have been that
1: bad to me. Yeah. And I was like, there's still positive feelings involved. And I was like, clearly I was just as bad as her because like, I blamed myself for not going along with how she treated me, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to... She says that the hitting is playful and how she shows affection. So I'm a bad partner by being upset by that and not rolling Mm. with it. So uh, when I got to this episode and there was that line and the explanation that, like, you can miss someone from an abusive relationship, it kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, (sighs) Abusive relationships... Complicated, and I was in one, and I, I did honestly did not fully accept that I was in an abusive relationship until I saw this episode. The
0: the thing that I I always talk about when discussing this episode with people is the idea of Stockholm syndrome that like people who are in like are in situations where they've been kidnapped by someone can end up missing their captors, people Mm -hmm. who've like literally kidnapped them. Because abusive dynamics are really fucked up and can basically, like, really get in your head to the point that any small act of kindness sticks in your head and you're like, yeah, but they did this thing, so they, I, I miss that, therefore yeah. I miss them. And, like, if people can can miss people who kidnapped them against their will, like, I think that anyone in a, an abusive relationship can miss their abusive ex and still be like, yeah, that doesn't discredit the fact that abusive things happen yeah, to you. Like, absolutely. that doesn't... Yeah, the fact that that can happen with literal, like, this is a person who kidnapped you and kept you locked up in a basement and you can still miss mm-hmm. them
1: afterwards. Yeah. yeah like, of course it can happen when you're in a relationship. But it's
0: it's hard to process that. It and, is. And I think yeah. another
1: part of it is, like, when we think about abusive relationships, it's very easy to think that it has to all be very obvious and it has to all be very physical and I think... Emotional
2: abuse is a thing, too. Yeah,
1: you can have an abusive relationship that's just entirely emotional and just entirely manipulative, and it's still an abusive relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think it's really interesting the ways that Lapis explains her, her emotional baggage and the reasons why she misses Jasper. Like, we were fused for so long, which is the sort of the sunk cost fallacy, this idea of well, if I stayed with them that long, then it can't have been that bad, because yeah. I'd have fled if it was that bad, surely. Yeah, which is um, what I tell yeah. myself. Um, and then it's the self-blaming of, well, they, I did these things, so therefore they could, like, you know, I was the bad one. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm terrible, I did horrible things, I broke your dad's leg, which was an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stole Earth's ocean. Well, you weren't doing it to try and hurt Earth, you were just trying to get home. Yeah. You know, go on, tell me I'm wrong. Um she's very she 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 focuses on the amount of time sunk into the relationship as a reason to justify it as like not an abusive relationship uh, she blames herself for things that she didn't deliberately do and it's like well I was just I did these things accidentally so I was just as bad as my my yeah. ex and therefore they weren't so bad
1: mm-hmm uh, it's, it's yeah, I mean, I've already said it, but like it's brilliant because it is such a great mirror of how abusive relationships work in a way that is understandable for yeah. everyone we yeah mm. we
0: there is I love where this ends up because it starts with like a really a really good portrayal of how people who are the victims of abusive relationships can get stuck in that situation, yeah. Um, then Jasper turns up, and this is the big old bit of this episode. So, um, yeah, where do we even start with with this?
1: Um, it's it's clever because this is the first time we've really seen Jasper properly since her initial appearance. Yeah, and they have changed how she acts at this point. It's very unnerving and creepy how she acts. Yeah, she's no longer just kind of like the bruiser. She's now coming at it from a much more kind of strange emotional direction. It's, it's
0: very creepy and manipulative yeah. the way yeah. she tries to play
1: Lapis' emotions. Like, she was threatening before because of how powerful she was. Yeah. And now she's threatening because of how she's manipulating Lapis. Yeah,
2: because the... it's, it's instead of it just kind of being, we need to do this so we can defeat him, it's like... She. You... We need to be together because
1: it's better that it's way. It's
2: better that
0: way. On rewatching, like... wa- you know who Jasper gave me serious vibes
3: of—the
2: mm. Purple
0: Man in, um, yeah, in Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Serious yeah. Purple Man vibes. This yeah. whole like, I'm not going to use brute force to try and take you. I'm going to try and convince you that coming with me is for your own good, even though you're saying, no, I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. And, like, that's a really telling thing. It's, like, the, this this situation starts with Stephen, and I love that Stephen does this. His instinct is he steps in between them, holds the shield up, and he's like, look, Lapis has made it clear, she doesn't want anything to do with you. Like, just just go. Yeah. And Jasper pushes Stephen out the way and is like, look, this is between me
2: and her. It because- calls- he. I always say Jasper's he and it's not. It's female. She says that Stephen is a dulled down version of Rose Quartz. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I think what's interesting here is I think Jasper tries to get Stephen out of the picture because she knows Stephen isn't going to stand for my bullshit. And like I can't emotionally manipulate Stephen here, but I can emotionally manipulate Lapis, so I need to deal with her directly. Yeah, I need to be like, "Look, this is between me and Lapis," and get Lapis to not give Stephen a chance to be part of this. That makes sense. It's I that also... like trying to isolate her from her
1: support network. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's a good uh, way. That's of what I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thing.
2: No, it's okay. I, I don't um... mind.
1: Yeah, I also saw it as as a point being like, obviously we see that Jasper's priority has changed and that before she was questioning Stephen as Rose and was kind of like, why are you in this form? But now Jasper's just like, whatever. Don't don't care about Rose anymore. I'm all about mm -hmm. Lackers now.
2: One thing that Jasper says that really, like it makes me cringe every time, which is, it'll be better this time. I've changed. Oh, Oh, well... We'll get there.
0: There's some stuff we've even skipped over already. So when Stephen's pointing the shield at Jasper, Jasper says what are you pointing that shield at me for? You're pointing it the wrong way. She's the one you should be afraid of. And it's this whole um, what's the uh, fallacy that's being employed here of uh, gaslighting? is it? This this idea of being
1: like, no, 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 you were the one in the wrong, therefore, like, don't yeah, yeah but if anyone doesn't know what gaslighting is it's basically where you make someone doubt their own version of reality or past events yeah and like you tell them that that's not what happened and Jasper completely
0: reframes the series of events as like um like you know I've seen what you're capable of uh she describes lapis as a monster yeah and it's like my view on this series of events is basically lapis took someone very abusive who literally kidnapped lapis Mm -hmm. tried to kidnap a bunch of people from earth was keeping them held prisoner against their will and she was like i'm going to protect people by like holding you down and keeping you out the way and stopping you from hurting others and jasper's like yeah but you held me against my will so you're the real monster here it's like yeah she's holding you down to stop you from like literally kidnapping people and taking them to another planet (laughs) against their will like she was trying to protect people. You were just kidnapping yeah. for the sake of kidnapping. It's
1: ignoring the
0: context. Yeah. And
1: kind of taking it completely out and warping Yeah, and it's like,
0: happening. oh, I just like put these people on a ship. You held me physically fused to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. You're so much... W-. It, it completely ignores the context of why Lapis did it. Yeah, which is that Jasper
1: was about to attack the Crystal Gems.
0: Yeah, like, she was trying to physically protect, like, a bunch of yeah. people from someone who'd ki- already kidnapped them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it was a someone sacrifice. Someone who had, like had, like, forced um, Garnet to unfuse. Mm -hmm. Like, she'd Mm -hmm. attacked Garnet to the point that she (laughs) collapsed into two separate people. Mm -hmm. She did some truly horrible stuff, and Lapis was like, I'm going to protect people. It's... There's a lot of... uh, So much nuance that's overlooked, Mm but...
1: No, I I like how protective you are of Lapis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can tell you you kind of want to look after her in this situation. It's yeah.
0: Nice. So like there's interesting descriptive notes in the transcript here of some of the physical things that happen. Mm. Um so Jasper grabs, grabs Lapis by the arm, restricting her movement. Really telling thing. It's like he she she holds on to Lapis's arm and just like basically stops her from physically backing away from that scenario. Yeah. Um, at one point Jasper clasps her hands around Lapis's and lands on her knees. She's, like, down on her knees begging. She's trying every manipulative trick in the playbook to to be like, look, let's be Malachite again. Um, I was wrong about fusion. You made me understand. Malachite was bigger and stronger than both of us. We could fly. Now, this is a really interesting one to me, because Lapis could fly anyway. She doesn't need Jasper for that. Mm. This is Jasper taking something that's a benefit for her and pitching it as a benefit for them both. Yeah. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do this? It's like, no, that's self-serving. That's you want to fly.
1: Yeah. I also like, took it as symbolic as well. It's the idea of, like, this is what we can do. We'll be Our potential is unleashed. We'll be better than we were before. Yeah. Um, so Lapis's response. I was terrible to
0: you. I liked taking everything out on you. I needed to. I hated you. It was bad. This is a really big thing to unpack, because Lapis has every right to feel this way about Jasper. Jasper kidnapped her, used her information to kidnap others. Like, you know, she was completely like kidnapped and at the mercy of someone else that held her prisoner. She has every right to you know to want to take take revenge on that person to Absolutely. hate them like that's not a bad thing no. to feel that way about someone who literally kidnapped mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. like feelings are entirely justified yeah. and she, Jasper really got into her head and made her think that she was bad for feeling yeah. happy about that
1: it's <sighs> difficult to watch
0: yeah um it'll be better this time i've changed You've changed me. I'm the only one who can handle your kind of power. And starts walking towards Lapis so she has to back up uh, against a wall. Together we'll be unstoppable.
2: I hate that I'm the only one that can handle. Yeah. Because immediately that is so many manipulative relationships where it's like, well, I'm the only one that ever want you. So if you leave me, you'll be on your own forever. No one will ever love you like I love you. It is the core of like
0: a bunch of my past with abusive relationships is people drilling into my head this idea of if you leave me and if you don't have me, no one will ever love you again. Mm -hmm. But like, you'll be alone forever unless you go with me. Yeah. And it's a really insidious thing that can get yep. stuck in yes. a
1: brain. See, I had the reverse of that, which, in mind, which was, if you leave, th- this is what my yeah. ex said, she was saying, if you leave, I'll have no one else, so I need you, and she knew that I would feel such sympathy towards her, yeah. that I would stay with her, kind of, Oh,
2: Mia, you're too nice! (laughs)
1: Because I didn't... Like, she knew that I didn't want her to feel sad, so she would be like, you have to stay with me, because otherwise there's no one else. I I I want to bop her on her head. Yeah, she was a bad person.
0: So, at this point, Lapis finally does stand up, and, like, this is the really good bit of this episode, is Lapis just says, no, what we had wasn't healthy. I never want to feel like I felt with you. Never again, so just go. And... Stephen backs her up and says, she said no, leave her alone.
2: The one thing that I really like, which is what I took away from this, is that she was strong enough to say no because she had a support network that helped her mm. to break out of this unhealthy relationship. Yep.
0: And as soon as that's the case, Jasper starts to blame the support network yep. by turning to Stephen and saying, this is your fault, I'll shatter you. Now, I think this is really interesting. Jasper's not afraid to shatter gems.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. This this is um, something I also noticed on the Amethyst episode. Yeah. She's... I didn't pick up on this first She makes
0: threats to shatter gems. Yeah,
1: like, seemingly, Jasper's totally fine with destroying gems. I have
0: wondered... Is she maybe the one who shattered pink diamonds because possible. she's very very okay with shattering
2: gems? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It's just an interesting observation I hadn't picked up until we watched this. But it was also fact.
2: shown that um, blue diamond is okay with shattering gems. Yeah, because it's... in the flashback of ruby and sapphire oh, yeah, first getting together, yeah. she's like, "I'll destroy her," and it shows her like, yeah. her, like clenching her hand and then shattering. Yeah. So
0: I I I it's not conclusive by any means, but I just never picked up on her willingness to shatter gems mm-hmm. quite until today. Um so yeah. So yeah, at this point Jasper sort of acknowledges that she has to back off a bit and Actually, no, what am I on about? She doesn't acknowledge she has to back <laughs> off. Lapis punches her into space.
1: Yeah. Jasper's like, okay, I'll give you some space. She yeah, walks away. No,
0: I realised, like, I. we. I don't know where my in my brain got that from. Apparently you're gaslighting no. the audience. <laughs> yeah, I'm gaslighting the audience. No, Lapis just, like, punches a water fist through the bunk mm-hmm. to punch Jasper
1: into, like, into next month. Yeah. I like the time they Then <laughs> to kind of show you that Jasper is going very far away. Like, she's not coming back this episode.
2: I love how no one talks either. They <laughs> just kind of watch her disappear yeah, into a, the distance. It's a few yeah.
1: seconds of her just disappearing into the horizon. Like, bye, yeah. Jasper. Team Rocket so, blasting off again.
0: The <laughs> boat starts to sink and Greg realises he bought a boat after all. Yep. Um, Lapis flies them home. But we just kind of end on Steven saying, you know, hey, it's okay, the ocean's really beautiful from up here. And Lapis just says, yeah, it is.
2: And that's it. It's like it's showing that she's starting to get through the trauma of being in the water yeah, all the time with Jasper. To...
1: Process, yeah, because
2: yeah. she really started to hit the water like when Peridot and Stephen did the pool, yeah, it,
1: and when they were flying over the ocean as well, yeah, so they and they very
2: spaced out, yeah, and she nearly dropped Stephen yeah. before the galaxy. I, I think this is the whole
0: thing is that she just has her moment of everything's okay, um, you know, the water doesn't. Uh, I think the water symbolized that bad relationship to her, mm. and. She felt like it had power over her for the longest time. Yeah. And by standing up to Jasper and on her terms being like, no, and getting rid of her, she had control over that situation again, and the water didn't scare yeah, her as that's,
1: much. That's what I see as. Like, she had her moment when she confronted Jasper like she was afraid of, and it was fine. She stood up to her and she stood her ground.
2: I think the water is meant to be like a relationship. It's not all bad. Just because you had one negative experience, it doesn't mean yeah. that the next experience yeah, that every, will be... Yeah, every relationship yeah. must be bad. Not yeah. every experience that you have with what will then be negative. Yeah. It, and it's just relationships. Just because you've been in an abusive relationship, it doesn't mean you should avoid you, getting into others. Because You can fly away from that damaged relationship.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I see what you do.
0: And with that, we'll probably (laughs) move on to episode whatever the next number was. 94. Uh, 94. I'll look at it in a second. We'll find the the title. So, uh, episode 94 is Greg the Babysitter, and, uh... This is where we get background to Greg and Rose's relationship and we get a bit of an insight into Rose's complete lack of knowledge of what a human
1: is. (laughs) Um, It's cool because we can see here that the relationship is clearly starting to develop now. Like, last time we saw them, they were in the situation where they were kind of like, we don't know what this thing is that we have, but it's something.
0: It sort of Mm -hmm. reinforces this idea that they really did rush into the relationship without... Without knowing, like, even what species the other were. Like, they really didn't have much of a basis for this relationship. Mm. Um, We know that Greg has been at the car wash for 15 years, because during the Mudnado 15 years ago, that was the peak of their sale, like, of the customers they had (laughs) two.
1: Two customers. <laughs> two, two is considered busy, yeah. apparently. Yeah, the nado meant there were two customers. With that information, I'm not surprised that Greg lives in a van. He clearly doesn't make a lot of money from this job. Yeah,
2: but even when he became rich, he was like, yeah, I could get a house and a car, but I have a van, so I'm good. That's
1: true, so maybe it's voluntary.
2: Yeah, because I think he was living in the van whilst he was touring. Mm. And he mm. just kind of kept that lifestyle. I think, he was I like, think part yeah. of it
0: is like it's the one thing he's kept around of his, like, youth being a rock star yeah.
1: is the living
0: in the back of the van. Yeah. And I think maybe to some degree it's, like, the... If he gives up the van, he gives... Like, it's saying he's given up on that
1: dream. Yeah, I have thought about that as well. Like, he's... Because he still sees himself as a musician, clearly. which We yeah. start with, like, the episode when he makes a song about lapis yeah he's clearly like still playing with I, music and I stuff, think
0: he so. still likes to think that he might get discovered by a nice music producer <laughs> and have to go back out and <laughs> tour someday happen. maybe it yeah. could still happen maybe. as long as
2: it's not farty Marty.
0: as long mm-hmm. as it's not farty marty um various things we learn about greg and rose's um gently building relationship um during the montage of, of scenes we see greg and rose read porn together yeah uh, yeah, seemingly. Seemingly, they, they shared reading porn, which is like, well... It,
2: it was The Passions of Xandar. The, the Passions the of Xandor, yeah. That's what he has in the storage locker I mean, that he says to Stephen. Maybe you can read that when you're older. I'm not sure
1: if I would call it porn, but I would say that it's maybe... It's erotic It, it it's seems erotic to be, fiction. at the very least, an
0: er- uh, a erotica of some kind yeah. it's something that like had two people kissing on the cover and that Greg was very much nope you are not to look at this yet mm.
1: um, I, I kind of thought of it more like sci-fi Mills and Boone yeah, possibly
2: yeah I either way that. it's a bit uh, kinky let's
0: just say it that way uh, we also get the origin of the bits. Because their origin is Greg being too poor to <laughs> afford food yeah. and eating
1: literal trash. Mm-hmm. That's something that I yeah. missed the first time, but that seems to be. What the bits are. It's the, he what he could get for free.
2: I yeah. want to point out, Greg's jean shorts are just his old jeans that he used to wear on tour. Yeah, they <laughs> just got more and more ripped as time went on. <laughs> you know, so he
0: still wears them. I think he couldn't afford to replace or repair them, so he just ripped them off into jorts. Mm-hmm. Um, he has one outfit, basically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling up the, the lyrics, because the song we get at the beginning of this is... A song I always forget exists in yeah, Steven Universe. I, I think I need a little change.
2: Yeah, I was um, going to say it's. It, it starts with "I could never be ready for this," doesn't it? Yeah, so I'm having. I'm having. A look, it's kind of.
0: It's kind of an interesting song in that it. It reinforces this dynamic we've talked about between Greg and Rose before, where. Greg kind of sees his role as just being the arm candy for this amazing magical. Wonder person? It's is
1: he's in the honeymoon phase where his yeah. entire life revolves around the relationship. Yeah.
0: Look at everything you are, look at <clears> everything <throat> you do, it's incredible, as incredible as you. And me, I guess I'm I guess I'm content to be on the arm of someone who is as incredible as you. And it's it's kind of all about this idea that like he gave up his dreams of chasing music because like, I guess I'm happy just being around you
1: instead yeah. and not having my own ambitions. He basically is just Worshipping her, he's revolving his life around their relationship. That is
2: literally what I've written, like, and Vidalia thinks it's really stupid as well. Like, she realises how negative this relationship is where Greg is literally just worshipping mm. Rose and Rose is just kind of like, well, this is a fun little thing to pass the time and yeah. is kind of like... It's, it's kind of the, the same
0: situation that Rose finds herself in when she, like, commits to going to war with Rose knowing she can never go back. It's Pearl. Pearl. Uh, per- uh, did I say Rose and Rose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Pearl finds herself with Rose this situation of, like, I'm going to give up everything I thought my life was going to be to just kind of follow you and follow your ideals, and how that sort of falls apart when that person's no longer Mm -hmm. around. What is your life now? (laughs) Yeah, now
1: what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. It's a full-time job admiring all the ways that you're inspiring. If I had my way, I'd do it all day. That's why it's really, really hard to say I think I need a little change. Cause he can't afford to physically live. It's like it's all good being the hippie that lives with the the space rocks in the cave. Yay. You need food. I do love the double meaning. of but like, there's this also has to change,
1: but I also yeah. literally need. I need. So I money. need
0: money. This situation needs to change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a nicely written song.
2: <laughs> there is a line in it somewhere. I can't remember like exactly what it says, but it's along the lines of. Um, I don't think. I think. I don't think I thought this through because I basically I don't earn money. Like it doesn't pay, um, something like that. If
0: I had my way, I'd do it all day. The only problem is it doesn't pay. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always did believe that love is all you need to be a happy man. Oh, I guess that, uh, that may have been naive. I guess I need to eat that wasn't in the plan. (laughs) Like, he really just kind of jumped into this lifestyle without thinking of the practicalities of they don't have jobs that bring in money, (laughs) food is needed.
1: Yeah, they don't need to eat, I need to eat. And
0: I think it's kind of a nice parallel to the fact that he ends up, like, basically working to have money for Stephen to eat, because it's like, Stephen's not going to make money in his life, he's going Mm -hmm. to be... Fighting evil with the magic space rocks, you know he could probably do with a source of income so that he can mm-hmm. eat, and that's kind of what Greg, you know, deals yeah. Because we talked about
1: that before, haven't we? That like seemingly the money from the car wash just goes to Stephen. Yeah, like that's kind of implicitly what's implied. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's again a part of why Greg lives in a van, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, so he can afford to like bring up his son. Yep. Um. So yeah, we then get insight into Baby Sour Cream, who already has a low booming voice. Yeah, he
1: um, has kind of the the um, mumbly kind of thing going on already. He sounds like, like adult sour you're... cream. <laughs> yeah, he's adult sour
0: cream in an infant body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Greg has been mooching off uh, uh, off of Vidalia for food and supplies. It seems like she's the friend that he just turns up at the house to be like, I am hungry and need to wash my clothes, please. Yeah, it's definitely implied this has happened before.
1: Like, you know, sit on the couch, eat some cereal.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he really does take advantage of the fact that, like, she's got... She pities my situation that I've given up my dream to pursue this woman. Mm. And her pity means I can sort of take some advantage of that and have a place to... Keep myself alive. Yeah, I,
1: I get the impression that he's not aware of how annoyed Vidalia is with him. Yeah. I feel he's kind of innocently just like, oh, she doesn't mind. Yeah. I don't think he's kind of like, feels that he's pushing it at all. At least that was my take on it. But yeah. I think
2: it's just because he got to be close friends with Vidalia from Fatima Marty and travelling round.
1: Seemingly, because he didn't seem yeah. to know her when we first see her a year mm. ago. So they've obviously developed some friendship in between. The
0: connection does seem to be like both of us have like landed in this town, left in the aftermath of Farty Marty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like one's been left with a kid and one's, you know, been sort of used used and thrown out as a musician. Mm. But it's like, yeah, they both know that Marty's a bit of a flaky nightmare. Yeah. So I imagine they probably were just venting over Marty, and that's, that's how they
1: bonded, I yes. guess. So presumably this is how Amethyst comes into it later, via Greg. So yeah. everything goes back to Marty, really. Exactly, <laughs> because like, Greg
0: here sees the trailer for Little Butler. Mm-hmm. He presumably invites... I would imagine he invites Amethyst to watch Little Butler... At Vidalia's, because Vidalia
1: has a TV and there's no TV in the Mm -hmm. cave.
0: And that's how Amethyst meets Vidalia. Yeah,
1: that's how I I see it. Mm -hmm. I do like that, how like showing the trailer, like Little Butler's upcoming, kind of gives us an idea of where this falls in the timeline. Like we know that he has a friendship with Amethyst through watching that show, so therefore the friendship can't have happened yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So, Vidalia's babysitter's not turning up because her hamster died. Um, Vidalia does not see this as a valid (laughs) excuse for a 12-year-old not to babysit. No, it's a
1: a death in the family. Yeah, a hamster
0: does not count. (laughs) I think when you're 12, a hamster counts as a death in the family. It's, It's upsetting when you lose a pet. Yeah. Um... So at this point, we get probably the biggest allusion forwards to something in the series we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. You better hope your space girlfriend's magic can bring people back from the dead if anything happens to sour cream.
1: <laughs> Which we know it can. Yeah,
0: that... Foreshadowing! That yay! was a heck of a
1: foreshadow. Yeah, I just, I never saw anybody who picked up on that. No, as a hint. no, no one, one saw that. No
0: one had a theory that that was going to be a thing. <laughs> mm, it, I mean, it's so cool. that They just blatantly said it. It's just like a really offhand sentence
1: that's like, <laughs> Clearly they knew they were going to do that at some point. Yeah, which does imply that everything with Lion was planned. Yeah. And not something we came up with later.
0: I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like as soon as, like, the pink Lion first showed up, it was probably intended... They probably had a plan of, this is a Lion that was yeah.
1: brought back this to is, life. this is zombie Lion.
0: Yeah. Um, cuz would seen like healing magic around that era anyway.
1: Yeah, the fountain is around that yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah. So
0: it's they had the seeds for like rose could heal. They probably knew that they were going to build up to she can really have yeah. a heal. <laughs> That's a
1: lot of heal. That's not over heal. Yeah.
0: Um, so Rose comes down to the beach and I never picked up on this before this watch. She floats from the sky down to the beach. Oh,
1: I didn't even notice that. It's her floaty powers. Yeah, she just comes down from the sky. Yeah,
0: like she literally, Mary Poppins floats down. It's like, (laughs) oh, you like leapt from the cave and floated
1: down here. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, It's one thing that watching it I got, but initially I was just like, she can just jump high.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Rose doesn't understand the concept of babies. Um, She talks about this cute miniature human... Did you make him?
1: Yeah, because obviously with gems, their their form is permanent from the beginning. Their yeah. Gems do not grow. They're just finished.
0: Yeah. They, their form can change, but it's not a gradual one-way direction of your growth will chart along this direction. It is... It's an intention. We can reform, and it's an optional thing, but it's not linked to who we are, yeah. I
1: guess. So I think the idea of finding a baby is like this being has intentionally created this form to yeah.
3: exist
0: in yeah i'm just trying to pull up the transcript because i do think it's interesting her sort of the way that rose herself tries to explain that mm-hmm. um well
2: doesn't she say she thought it was a, another species she didn't realize yeah. they were humans um, you wouldn't believe how long it
0: took me to figure out that this and you are the same thing you're both human you have to admit it's a little confusing you're big and can talk, and he's small and can only make noises. How was I supposed to know you're the same species? And, like, it, I can understand from an outside perspective how that would be confusing. It makes sense. Like, like if that's a society that you can... There's a lot of, like, not shared attributes between infants and adult humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: that does imply that the whole time they've been on Earth, Rose assumed that humans don't grow...
2: Yeah. yeah. I like, presume
1: she's seen a baby before.
2: Yeah but she probably <laughs> like if she saw her every day you probably wouldn't notice and if she did yeah. see it when it was a child then and then as a teenager yeah. she probably it, just assumed it was a it, different being. Yeah. yeah.
0: It took her a while to notice that humans grow. Mm. Um and as Greg puts it, you can't play guitar with little baby hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Rose kind of gives us a good insight into like how gems exist and why they're made here, Like in response to this whole humans grow yeah. thing. When a gem is made, it's for a reason. They burst out of the ground already knowing what they're supposed to be, and then that's what they are, forever. But you... You're supposed to change. You're never the same, even moment to moment. You're allowed and expected to invent who you are. What an incredible power, the ability to grow up. And I really like that speech because it's the first time that she seems to really respect Greg and humans as beings that have power of their own. Yeah, it's
1: no longer patronising, yeah. like a previous kind
0: of it's description. It's like, you can do something that we can't, mm. and that makes you powerful in your own way. Sure, we can, like, shapeshift, but you can reinvent who you are on a moment-to-moment basis and that's something we'll never have the power to do. Yeah,
1: because we are—we know that, like, gem society is so rigid. The idea mm-hmm. of being able to grow and change is obviously very... It's going to be attractive to Rose, who is against the rigid yeah. gem society.
2: I also think it's it's kind of heartbreaking, though, because it means that, like, Stephen and him being so kind of obsessed about, like, what is my destiny? What was I made for? Is that his human side warring with his gem side? Like, I was clearly made for a purpose. What is that purpose? But as a human, he doesn't have that purpose. I never
1: thought of that. It's a good way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that's
2: really interesting. The idea that
0: he's... Part of him feels like he's supposed to have been made for a purpose, but he wasn't. Yeah. Because that that contributes to his sort of lacking of
2: purpose. Yeah, and that's why he's constantly like, but I I must be here for a reason. Like, he spends ages, like, watching the video his mum had sent him, going... But There's got to be some purpose. There's got to be some hidden meaning. What was I made for? Yeah. So
1: that's like his gem instincts. Yeah, yeah, his
2: gem instincts are going, well, what's my purpose? Come on, yeah. tell me what it is. That's I need, cool. I like that. I need to know what I was made for. Yeah. But it's like, you were made for love, okay? That's why you were made. Deal with it. Well, I mean, that's
1: why, that. not to talk too much about a future episode, but that's why that episode where he's watching the video is so good because the conclusion of the episode is that there wasn't an intention yeah. it was just like just be you see what happens
0: yeah yeah,
2: which is adorable
0: so Greg writes off, uh, runs off to write lyrics because like <laughs> Rose you said something really poignant what was it Yeah, want to write it <laughs> don't, down don't want to forget it gotta yeah. go down quick and when he comes back Rose has vanished with sour cream
2: a couple of things before that like well one of the notes that I've written is sour cream <laughs> is a cool ass baby yeah. sour
1: cream is a cool ass baby I, I, wrote, I wrote sour cream is totally chill the whole time
2: yeah because yeah. he like puts sunglasses on him and he just goes meh he mm. just sat there with his cool sunglasses so he's on.
1: always been that cool.
2: Also, the noises that he makes are very reminiscent of um, Yellowtail.
1: Yes, in I the
2: if it's that's intentional. The noises that begin with the mm, mm. sound. I wasn't, I wasn't makes.
0: sure if it was meant to be that or if it was meant to be him being such a blasé baby that he came. Like his yeah, first like word meh. was
1: meh, M-E-H. <laughs> blasé baby is such a fun term.
0: I like that. It could be like a cool album name. Yeah,
1: Blasé baby. You got I, baby with sunglasses on. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd buy like, you know, if Nirvana was like still around, <laughs> sit, I could yeah. see them releasing like a, two, a, 20, a 2017 album, Blasé baby.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and... It, one, it, <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. Um Greg and Rose are like, oh, we'll show him like what the beach is all about. And they run off and just leave Sour Cream as they head into the sea. Well they literally
0: I I know your criticism there, but they do like spend twenty-five seconds, maybe at most, running to the beach, paddling in the water and running back. Like it's an empty beach and they sprint to the water and back and go, hey baby, you're still there sat up against the umbrella. Mm. It's maybe not a smart <laughs> thing to do but I don't think it's necessarily as bad as... Yeah, I'm not sure Vidali would have But it's
2: that. also no. irresponsible. Like, Greg doesn't understand the responsibility of having a kid at this point and Rose just doesn't understand how fragile humans are. Yeah. So she's just kind of like, eh, I'll play, go ahead.
0: Yeah, like, you can't blame Rose for this no. but it is Greg being a bit yeah. irresponsible. Um, So, in an attempt to find where Sour Cream might be, one of the things I wanted to point out on the montage of Stuff We Go Through, Greg goes and plays some potato arcade game, and initially I'm like, why would you think Sour Cream is there? On the side of the arcade cabinet there is a potato with Sour Cream on it.
1: That's clever. I did not it's notice like, that. It's like,
0: that's why he he checked the potato arcade machine is
1: because <laughs> Sour, sour cream. cream. Maybe he's just attracted to Sour he Cream. He was just yeah.
0: running on the theme of Sour Cream. <laughs> um, we discovered that Sour Cream has climbed a Ferris wheel... Rose saw no reason to stop Sour Cream climbing the Ferris wheel if he
1: wanted to. It's, it'll be a formative experience for him.
2: Yeah. And it's also, well, he's a human and you humans can do what you want. You, so you I was just letting him do what he wanted. You was supposed to watch
0: him. Oh, I watched him. I watched <laughs> him climb all the way up there. Isn't this exciting? Um,
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny because hmm. it is that whole reversal of, like, Rose has gone from being the person who knows... Everything while Greg is wowed and amazed and not sure what's going on. Yeah. Now Rosie's the one who really doesn't understand the situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, we're kind of skipping forward slightly to it, but it's the, um, she explains her misunderstanding by, why, why did you let him climb that thing? He wanted to. Yeah, but you can't just let him do whatever he wants. He's a baby. But you do whatever you want and you're fine. And Greg says, I'm not a baby. I don't need someone to feed me or change my clothes. I don't need someone to save me when I climb on a Ferris wheel. And, oh man, I am a baby. Okay. Emphasized by the fact he's clearly in a baby carriage. Yeah, she, yeah. he's
1: in like a carriage being carried by Yes, yeah. he he, uh, he is relying on the help and care of others to survive. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because that's obviously what snaps him out of the honeymoon phase. He's like, yeah. okay, I can't just live day-by-day day worshipping roles. Yeah, I actually kind of have like to do something. I need to
2: become self-sufficient in some way. I think if, if, at this point he kind of realises how unhealthy it is to be entirely dependent upon some
3: yeah.
2: like, other people. Like, if Vidalia was just like, no, you know what, you're not allowed in my house, Greg would have starved.
0: He'd be dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he'd have survived off of the bits. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he decides he has to grow up, he gets the car wash job. And he writes, let me drive my van into your heart. Mm -hmm. Or at least... Let me drive my van
2: into your wash is what he says. Let me
0: drive my van into your wash. So that's the origin. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's everything
0: I had for this one. It's just like a really sweet insight into like, oh, this is when teenage rock star Greg realised he kind of had to grow up and be a bit more
1: serious with his wife. It's the progression of their relationship that I like. Like, seeing them go from the, what are we doing, to now yeah. they're a relationship, to then Greg being like, it's it's that place in between recording the video together and being a really established couple, and then nervously getting together.
0: Yeah. It just kind of yeah. bridges the gap a little bit. It is a nice, like, it's one of the nice bridging steps that mm-hmm. we needed to flesh out that relationship yeah. a bit.
2: It's also really cool in that it's the only time we get to see Greg and Rose bonding over a child. Because obviously Rose was never there when Stephen That's was really a That's really sad, actually. Oh, heck. <laughs> yeah. So we don't this... know what Rose would have been like with Stephen as a baby. Because oh, I... she was never there.
0: I hope we get to see more more of them babysitting Sour Cream just so we get to see more of what they would have been like as a pair of parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Feelings. <laughs> Quick, let's move on to episode 95, Gem <laughs> Hunt, and run away from the feelings. Uh, This is Connie's first mission with Pearl. Um, Her parents know that she's going on this mission.
1: Yeah, I found that a bit of a stretch.
0: So I I had a bit of a think about, like, contextually what if we had happened that would make her parents okay with her going on this mission? And the explanation I came up with in my head was Connie saved her mum from two gen mutants in 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 the hospital. Like... If nothing else, her mum has seen that she knows what she's doing and has been training seriously and, like, is taking this deathly seriously. Also, Connie's parents have met Stephen's family. Yeah.
2: They know that Stephen's family is all crazy magic gem ladies. They've met Pearl and they know that Pearl,
0: if nothing else, is very, very, like, responsibility driven and (laughs) wants to make sure that the kids are safe no matter what. So I can cu- it it did strike me as odd the way it did for you initially, mm-hmm. but I feel like there is enough narrative context to justify like them maybe giving this a go.
2: There was also a thing in Nightmare Hospital where Connie's mum says, um, "I don't like all this lying. This lying has to end. Like yeah. I will let you do these things." but you need to be able to tell me when you are in over your head.
0: That's a really good point, is that like a big part of her mum's ending of that episode is, look, this magic stuff is scary and overwhelming, but I would far rather you tell me what you're doing and be honest with me Mm -hmm. than feel the need to hide it. And that does nicely contextualise why Connie didn't hide it from her parents. She's like, look, I'm going with Pearl on a mission. I'm telling you that I'm doing this. I'm not hiding it from you, therefore don't like, stop me doing it.
1: So it's kind of like a compromise. Yeah, yeah basically. Like, I'd rather you tell me and I kind of sign off on it than you sneak off and do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because... So, so that if something goes mm. wrong, I at least know what's happening. Yeah, I still feel like Connie probably would have downplayed the chance of Oh, yeah, monsters. she'll have
2: been like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go look into she'll, she'll have downplayed like... it,
1: but she. it's nice to
0: see that she's able to be honest about the fact I am going on a mission mm-hmm. with... Stephen and the gems and that her parents didn't automatically shut it down. Yeah. So like, I, I like that as a bit of like, it's off screen <laughs> development.
2: Mia has such a s- suspicious eyes. <laughs> on. Yeah, like, no, mm. it's, it's fair.
0: I was like totally dubious of that, that reasoning yeah. myself. And, you know, I think there is set up for it, but it does feel a bit left field when it happens. Yeah. I,
1: I see the logic
0: behind it. I still think it's a little bit stretched. That's, that's fair. Um, so, the, the the one condition of her going on this mission is that uh, Stephen has to take lots of pictures of her first mission <laughs> so the parents can see everything that went on. Yeah, it's how, like, your child's on a school trip. to so, like, take lots of yeah. pictures. Show us, show us how your your mission
2: in the mm-hmm. snow went. Yeah. And Connie says that her mum sees all her pictures. Yeah, And that's... I'm like, that's not entirely true because in quite a lot of the pictures very... Early on, there's pictures of her and Stephen, and she's either not wearing the glasses or the glasses are hooked on her shirt. But she made it clear that she can't see anything when she's not wearing her glasses.
0: Well, she could always explain to her parents, I took the, pic- uh, the glasses off because the the light reflects off them in pictures. Mm. Like, I know people who take their glasses off for pictures because they don't like the mm. the, the flash bouncing off them.
2: Yeah, I get a blue glare on mine because I yeah. have the blue filter on my glasses. So, you know,
0: there's there's a reasonable explanation, I guess, there. Mm. She, she could conceivably <laughs>
1: explain away her lack of yeah. glasses. That line kind of annoyed me a bit, just... Does a it just? Of... It feels like controlling parents. Yeah, like come yeah. on, give us some privacy.
2: But yeah. it's also Stephen wants to do it because it's Connie's first mission, and he wants to picture memories of it. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sure. Which a lot is, of it is adorable. I, I have think to it was say. meant to be take a couple of pictures, and Stephen's like, "Nope, this is my chance to be a photographer." Yeah, photolog the entire thing. Um, Connie prepares a useful backpack. Stephen prepares his cheeseburger backpack of useless crap. Once again.
2: And Stephen gets the same level of praise for bringing board games as Connie does for bringing survival gear.
0: There's a little bit of patronising praise for Stephen that he really doesn't deserve.
2: Mm. Um, There
0: are two corrupted gems uh, found. Only one was expected, which changes the mission parameters.
1: The corrupted gems seem to talk to each other. Did anyone else get that? Line?
0: They yeah, do I did. seem able to communicate. It looks
1: like they stop and kind of come to an agreement and then leave.
2: Yeah, but Centipetal and her two yeah yeah teammates they go yeah. in and
1: they're like communicate non-verbally. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: It,
0: I I don't know if it's a language with specific words, but they seem to be able to understand intent mm. and work together
2: as a pack.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I have to mention, Pearl's actually being fun at this point when they go on the mission, because she goes, who's your favourite gem? And they go, Pearl. And she's like, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah,
1: it's cool to see a bit more lighthearted hearted Up,
0: yeah. Up until the discovery of that second corrupted gem, she is very sort of like, we can handle this as a trio. I can be a bit light-hearted because it's not the worst thing. When thing, plans change on her, suddenly it's like, oops, better, better
1: get serious. Yeah, isn't there a line about, like, don't tell Garnet? Yeah. And like, yeah. I took that to be an interesting telling line. Dad, like, I think she's trying don't to... Don't tell
2: your dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, kinda. It's, it's either that or, like, don't tell your mum. Like, mm. th- this never happened, okay, shh. <laughs> so I don't want to get told off by the responsible parent. Pearl's
0: initial response is she wants the team to turn back. And Connie definitely fights for... Me and Stephen can be a successful pair. We know what we're doing, mm. we're prepared, we can go and do this, so... Pearl's compromise is, yes, you two can be a team, but if you find the monster, radio me and get me over here, don't try and fight it yourself without me. Yeah. Um. Connie seems to be like an end-of-the-world truther.
2: Yeah, what does she say? Something about, like, the Humans punishing... Humans causing their own demise is <laughs> what I've written.
0: Yeah, I I don't have the transcript up for it, but she definitely <clears throat> talks as if she thinks the world is, like imminently falling apart.
1: Like, she, she needs to be prepared for practical reasons. This isn't yeah. just an enjoyment thing for mm-hmm. her.
2: Yeah, because doesn't Stephen kind of say, why do you have all this stuff anywhere? Mm. And she's like, oh, well, blah, 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 Oh, here it is. There we go. Um, I like to be
0: prepared. When civilization collapses and this world ends, I need to be re- <laughs> ready to rebuild the new one. Um... It's like, yeah, you know, homeworld, but yeah, that would be crazy for humanity. And Connie's like, no, forget gems. Humans are already starting their own demise. Peak oil, Stephen. How do we how do we handle the terminal decline without alternative energy sources?
1: Well, she ain't wrong.
0: Cause... She's she's not wrong. We are depleting this planet's natural resources at an alarming rate. Mm-hmm. That is We're destroying
1: like, we the don't planet. need the
2: diamonds. We can do that shit ourselves. Yeah, Thank we... you very much. <laughs>
1: we will destroy Earth and turn it into a husk on our own. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. are humans um
0: we also get kind of an explanation of what corruption is and isn't in this episode um yeah because Connie asks like uh, about the the gem shards so these corrupted gems are like wild animals just a bundle of flight or fi- of fight or flight reflexes and survival instincts and Stephen questions that. And I think a lot of that comes down to his having seen center people rehealed to the point that she could write and draw mm. art and that, that clearly there is still, un, like, a sentient being in here that's not just animal reflexes. Yeah, she's not
1: just feral.
0: Yeah, because he, he describes it, "'They're like that now, but before they were different. "'They used to be normal gems like Pearl, Amethyst and Garnet. "'They had thoughts, feelings, friends.' I don't really know how the corruption works. It's like they're sick. They don't remember who they used to be. Maybe they don't even know how to look like themselves anymore. Um, and I th- I got a real sense from that description, and I don't know if either of you got a similar feeling. It feels like they're describing corruption in a similar way to degenerative mental health yep. conditions.
1: Yeah, that's the vibe I got.
0: I got a serious, like, you know, like, dementia vibe or brain tumour Yeah, vibe. like,
1: it's complicated because they may not understand what's going on now, but there are people and they did understand yeah. what was going on. And they on may
0: and still just... have moments... They may still be able to have moments of lucidity. They yeah, may absolutely. still be themselves at times. Mm-hmm. But even if at times they're themselves, there's a lot of the times that they are not. Yeah. And that's you know, difficult to know how to help them. Mm -hmm. And it explains a lot of Stephen's desire with healing powers to try and heal them. It's this idea that there is still a person in there and I want to be able to help them to, you know, find themselves again because it is really sad. Yeah, it is. It's, It's probably the saddest way that, like, I think the show describes corruption is this conversation in this mm. episode i
1: mean you could argue that corruption is one of the darkest elements of the series in terms of tone mm. like it's quite serious and it's quite depressing yes There's it's not like lot they lot of...
2: were people and now they're monsters because yeah. they just don't know like, who or what they are
1: they do it in like a fantasy way but it's quite a grounded and depressing topic
2: it also um explains why they change form when they're corrupt They don't even know what they look like anymore. They don't remember what they look like. That is is so sad. So when you're all just a bunch of instincts, you'll feel animalistic, and that's why a lot of the um, corrupted gems look like beasts rather than... because
1: we know that gems have a conscious element of how they form themselves. So with no thought and just feelings, they just come out as these monsters.
2: Yeah. And it it seems to be, like, automatic anyway, because, like, with um, Centipetal, when Centipetal reforms, when they've been popped, they immediately reform into Centipetal.
1: Well, there is that bit in there where, like, the first time she turns into something, she turns into, like, a humanoid silhouette. Yeah. And then turns back. It's like she kind of instinctually She was like, wait, I look like
2: this, So what was it? It's almost there. Oh, it's gone. And then she's back to... That's, that's a, a really years. sad
1: way to look at it. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so we find a muddle of humanoid and monster tracks. And Stephen and Connie's guess is that maybe the the corrupted gem is turning back and forth that maybe it's it's fighting to try and become humanoid again maybe it's not fully corrupted yeah
1: as an audience this is what we're obviously supposed to think
0: yeah and I think on the first viewing I was willing to go along with this on the second viewing knowing that Jasper's around it's like okay it's very clearly that was Jasper's tracks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they do a good job of having a plausible reason other than Jasper yeah Jasper wasn't wasn't the thing I first went to when I watched this yeah Stephen wonders if he could cure partial corruption, possibly foreshadowing Jasper.
3: Mm. Because,
0: like, this is the first time that Stephen has that moment of, if I could find a gem who had only recently corrupted or was in the process of corrupting, could I heal them? Could I heal them before this becomes permanent? Mm. And I think it's really interesting that Jasper turns up in this episode where Stephen's wondering that, because, like... Stephen does try and do that for Jasper. This whole, if I can find a gem partially corrupted, can I stop
1: it? Mm. It's the whole thing we talked about before. Like, Jasper's redemption does seem like a story that's yeah. going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I that's... feel like Jasper's
0: going to be the first gem that Stephen like uncorrupts. Yeah. Mm.
2: Well, I think a lot of it, like with the corrupted gems that are going around, they have been that way for thousands of years now. Yeah. Mm. So... It, the damage may, like, be harder to reverse the longer time goes on. The, like, longer they're ex- exposed to being in that way, they might relate more to that form than their original yeah, one. I could like, see
1: that playing into yeah, White Yeah, and I
2: think that might be why Stephen may be able to help Jasper mm. if they get mm. corrupted, yeah. Yeah.
0: So they find the gem mutants, and Stephen tries to appeal to the gem mutant... And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact he knows that Centipetal could be reasoned with. Because Centipetal, upon first meeting, was a gem mutant, completely gem mutant. And Stephen was still able to reason with them enough that you know, they could help break into that cave and everything. Mm-hmm. And,
1: mm-hmm. and protect like, from the sea. He, he
0: knows that there is some level of sentience even if he can't undo the corruption. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I also
1: think it's him being optimistic like usual, like yeah. hoping and believing oh, yes. that the best outcome is possible.
0: Yeah, he hasn't... It, just because this, this gem has lost their sense of personality doesn't mean Steven's completely given up on the idea that M- that it's
2: worth trying to communicate mm. with them. Um, Real quick, just before that, when Connie and Stephen are inside like the tree trunk. Oh, yeah. Um, the cups that they are using have the characters on, which is um, the rabbit and the frog from, oh, I missed that. Oh, from Garnet's. I adventure. missed that entirely. That's cool. Yeah, I noticed that and I was like, that's really cool.
0: <laughs> is is that maybe where Stephen got the ideas for them? Yeah, from?
1: I think I think it's probably like it's not taken from the garnet fantasy. It's probably the other way around. Yeah. The garnet <laughs> fantasy is taken <laughs> from the real characters. Yeah.
0: Um Connie freezes up in combat. They try and fight and Connie just sort of panics and doesn't know how to deal and freezes up. Yeah, she
1: clearly feels very out of her depth. Like all her training and everything, it's not prepared her for an actual real Danger when she's not mm. got that backup.
0: Everything she knows
1: practically
0: doesn't like it's it's the thing that you that you see in a lot of I'm trying to think how to describe this. I've been experiencing a similar thing with roller derby recently where I know how to do like derby stops where you sort of do a one eighty degree turn and then slam on your toes mm. to stop very suddenly. I can do it in isolation. Like, if I'm just skating back and forth and I have a second to think about it, I can do perfect derby stop every time. The second I have to do it amongst other things with other people around as part of a big manoeuvre and there's pressure, completely can't do it. Yeah. Because, like, even if you know how to do something in practice and you've practiced and practiced, it's no substitute for doing it in a real situation.
1: Yeah. Like, I can't remember if we've mentioned this on here, but me and Rhett have talked about this on a podcast, (laughs) but there is actual, like, studies into that that I find quite Mm. interesting where it's...
2: I think we have talked about it.
1: It's something, like, if you're doing a task that... You think you're good at it and you, you, you practice it and you're okay at it. If people are watching you, then you will perform worse. It's mm. like a fact. But you're, if you
2: know that yeah, you're really good at it. If it's something it.
1: that you are 100% certain, like, I've I've got this, I've nailed it, I've done it a million times. When people are watching you, you actually perform better than if you're doing it by yourself. I find that interesting. Because mm. it kind of goes with the whole, like, you know, practice makes you better. The more you do it, the more, like, even having an audience, you're still yeah. fine with
2: it. But on another note, it also reminds me of um, Amethyst when she's not taking it seriously enough basically but the way that it kind of works, she's like, yeah but it doesn't matter how much you train that is no substitute for actual fighting in a combat situation.
3: I think think
0: there is something to that, that you can't just practice something in isolation, you have to practice it in context because like, you need to get over the mental block of I can't
1: do this in this context. Yeah, yeah. I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle. Mm. Like, you need real experience, but you also need that practice yeah, and that foundation. Yeah, I think that's
2: the thing, that they need the best of both worlds, of yeah, their, like, mindsets. It's like with Stephen when he was first learning how to summon his shield, mm. and just, like, Pearl was like, oh, you need to do all these things, you have to think about everything, and Amethyst was like, don't think at all, and Garnet's like, well, I just summoned the power of everything, and Stephen was just like, this is not (laughs) helpful, like, you're all saying completely different things, and I (laughs) do not know what to do. You need to
0: simultaneously think really hard about it, and also not think about it at all. Yeah. Um, Jasper defeats both of the gem mutants, and just takes them with her. Um, this is our first hint at Jasper trying to build an army.
1: Yeah, she's up to something.
0: Yeah. Um, when C- Connie eventually like uses the radio, calls Pearl, Pearl turns up, everything's fine, Connie considers herself as having lost. Mm-hmm. Because she froze up,
1: couldn't fight, couldn't do it, everything went wrong. I think in her mind her first mm. mission was going to be much more heroic. Yeah, and Pearl is really positive
0: and reassuring her response is no this was a win the the agreement was the if you found the the monster you would call me and you did and everything was fine and we're okay cuz you cuz you called me
1: yeah i think it shows a more kind of mature and I'm trying to think of the right word like she's taking their feelings into account more than i think the pearl of episode one it's when more was, parental yeah. yeah that's that's a good way of putting it i think mm-hmm. if this was pearl back in episode one she'd have been much more practical and been like she's, yep you screwed up yeah. well. but
2: Stephen did the same thing when he was first learning mm. like on steven's first mission with the the water tower i think it was or the Moon Tower. Yeah, I don't know. The, there the was a little six. statue, yeah, and he basically fucks it up. Everything goes wrong, and the place is destroyed because he forgot in his haste to bring everything he forgot the thing he needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, like Stephen failed so many times before he got a successful mission because that's why we end up having the training episode because. Pearl accidentally points out that she was like, yeah, but it was an easy training mission. We you wouldn't failed, yeah. we wouldn't have sent you on it if we didn't... It Like, if we thought it was important, we wouldn't have sent you. And it's that kind of thing. It's something where it's like, it's not 100% important. It's just something that needs to be done at some point, so we'll bring you along yeah, for it.
1: But at the same point, like, that was very careless of Pearl to admit that. Yeah. But here, she avoids saying anything careless. Yeah. She's much more aware of I think she's opinions.
2: kind of learning. I think it's the whole thing... Like, when you have a second kid, you're meant to be better at it. <laughs> because you have experience from the first child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, to a certain degree, she's learning that... Long term, if you want someone to improve... You need to praise the things they're doing right... Rather than get them fixated on the things they failed at. Yeah. That and makes- that there's a, there's a certain degree of... You were asked to do a thing, and you did that thing. Let's not focus on the things that you tried to do and failed... You did the thing you were supposed to do, and that's a win. Yeah, positive and fast. To be like, you haven't, like, you may not have done what you thought you wanted to do, but you did what your aim was, and that's a good thing, and we're mm-hmm. going to praise that. Mm-hmm.
2: And they, she probably will have been thinking in the back of her mind as well of um, Stephen when he was told that he couldn't heal his dad's leg his dad pretended. Yeah. Yep. And it's like so negative reinforcement worse. yeah because everyone was like well we all know your powers are you know fickle temperamental yeah. yeah like there wasn't a certain thing that it was going to work anyway and that kind of negativity is what um really sets Stephen back quite a mm. bit with his power so I think she's also kind of like I don't want to mess up Connie in that yeah. way yeah I, I
1: never thought of it that but I, it, it's a good way of looking at it being like Pearl is intentionally training Connie differently to the way that she trained Steven. Yeah, because it's like, what works.
2: right, that went horrible last yeah. time I did that, so <laughs> I'm going to do it differently this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, one thing that I just want to mention really quick, I wondered when Steven takes a picture of Jasper on the phone while he's inside the bubble, why the hell is the picture not pink? It's normal coloured. <laughs> the bubble is... Light
1: and I don't know, I'm I'm (laughs) Is this like a two-way mirror I think. A one-way yeah, mirror? Whenever it the, shows is.
2: us it as he takes the picture from inside and we can see her that's through the pink point. bubble, um, but the, the photo the is to... normal. The reason
0: is probably that the animators in Korea didn't understand <laughs> the concept of this uh, that this photo is ta- being taken from inside of a magical bubble construct and just overlooked that in the animation. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's... They possibly didn't have the context of this photo was taken from inside of a magical... <laughs> light projection bubble.
2: Yeah, it, it, it bugged me when I saw the photo on his phone and it's not pink. <laughs> it's a good point, though. It's something I missed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else we've got on 95? No, I think I'm done. Okay, so
0: next up we have episode 96, Crack the Whip. So this episode starts off, like, somewhat on the heels of last episode in that last episode was about Connie getting into the whole swing of, of being on missions and it seems she's still doing training with Pearl, which... Pearl has completely forgotten about because Pearl and Garnet are going out on a mission and basically they forgot about Connie. It's like, oh, we'll do practice next week. Amethyst is your babysitter. Bye.
1: I think it's kind of like a priority thing. It's kind of like, yeah. oh shit, Jasper's around. Okay, cancel everything. I was
2: going to say, it It shows how panicked Pearl is. It was really hard because they both begin with P and I always muddle up words Panic with and the same Pearl. thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're not good with alliteration, are you? No,
2: it's like plain paper. I have to really, really think about it or it comes out as plain paper. <laughs> Always. It has been like that as far as back as I can remember. But um I think it shows how panicked she is in mm. that she's actually meticulous Pearl who plans everything out has forgotten this recurring mm. lesson that she has with yeah. Connie. That's
1: a really good point. I really like the exchange um when Gannett and Pearl leave. Yeah. Because there's a line about like this time next week this will be dealt with and again it says best case scenario uh, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like she's used future vision and thought well best case scenario we deal with Jasper next week but maybe not is that
2: um, more of Pearl not wanting to tell the kids what is really going on possibly it's like yeah but it could all be over by next <laughs> week
1: and again it's kind of like in the best-case scenario, Yeah, just be. like,
2: there's a small percent chance that that could be it, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I took that to be that Garnet knows that this attempt to go find Jasper... Is likely to take a while. Yeah, like, it's probably not going to work. Mm. But they have to try.
0: So, Connie and Stephen start training outside on the beach. Stephen can make two shields at once? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't remember this being a bow he uses after this episode. Uh oh, no, Uncle, is... Grandpa <laughs> Uncle Grandpa did it. Uncle Grandpa did it. But it's it's interesting because it suggests that like Rose's shield wasn't a singular solo artifact which is being summoned. Yeah, it's some it's a light projection she could
1: create that
0: in theory you could create as many of as you wanted.
1: In that sense, like her power is almost like a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, She's choosing to create a shield. Could she create anything?
2: Could Steven then, by that logic, use them as kind of like, almost like throwing knives? Because well, if you remember the first like time he America ever style. the first time he ever summoned the shield was when he was eating the cookie cat ice cream and he got so excited he kind of jumped and it catapulted out of him and smashed his TV. Well, doesn't he use it that way
0: in this episode? He, he like summons two and he like throws one of them yeah, using I think like a so, throwing yeah. weapon. I so could he said. just
2: keep summoning them and throwing them?
0: Oh, that could be cool. Like, infinite ammo. It's, it's, it's an though. offensive weapon created out of a defensive item, which is which kind is of cool. a cool concept. Um, Connie gets freaked out by the fact that she, she froze during combat last episode. This is very much a follow-up on, like, I froze, I need to practice more in isolation, and yeah. that will fix my <laughs> freezing in
1: combat. Yeah. It's her wanting to make sure what just happened never happens again.
0: Yeah. Amethyst says that she needs to be more loose and less stressed on practice. With her wobbly she, arms. Yeah, yes. it's because
2: she's the exact opposite of Pearl, in that she is far too laid back. Like, Pearl is too uptight and Amethyst is really laid back. I mean,
1: the obvious answer is Amethyst is lazy as well. Yeah. She yeah. believes that training is a waste of time because she wants to believe training is yeah. a waste of
2: time. I think the best person to train them would probably be Garnet. <laughs> Garnet knows.
1: Somewhere in the middle.
2: What's the best way
0: to get relaxed when you're stressing about uh, practicing too much?
3: Snack, break,
0: snack, break, <laughs> snack, break, snack, break. Ameth- uh, when they go on their snack break, Amethyst becomes Lars to steal donuts. Yeah. Sadie can clearly see that Lars is purple. I... Well, Lars is pink, though. No? So, I do kind of... I was going to say, <laughs> when we eventually get that, I do wonder when pink Lars comes back to Earth, is Sadie going to assume, like... It's someone... Uh, she might think someone? it's Stephen? Yeah, like, Stephen, are you shapeshifting? Because his gem
2: is pink.
0: Yeah.
1: She just kind of roll with the idea of... Purple lies very... Like, if I was sat on the couch and, like, Laura, if you walked in and you were purple, I feel like I'd be like, oh, my God, why are you purple?
0: Yeah, but if you lived in a town where there was a purple person that you knew could shapeshift...
2: I guess I... I But then you'd be like, Amethyst, what are you doing? (laughs)
0: Mm. Yeah. So, Sadie's kind of okay-ish with a few donuts being taken. It's a hazard of the job. Less okay with what amethyst Lars does of taking all of the donuts yeah it's
1: basically theft it goes from it's the not basically like, theft yeah. it's theft <laughs> that's true. well like we see it's implied that like Lars obviously sneaks donuts and that's overlooked and expected but I think the idea of walking out of them is like yeah that's that's Stephen's like sorry I'll deal with this <laughs>
2: later <laughs> well amethyst isn't opposed to stealing we know that she used to hotwire cars.
0: Because yes, there is
2: sure. that episode where she's like, oh, you can just turn the key in the <laughs> engine. That's so much easier. <laughs> and as well as that, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice keeps going, my is kind of bad. Um, with the cookie cuts at the very, very beginning, Amethyst goes, so we stole a bunch. And Pearl goes, I went back and paid yeah. for them.
1: Yeah, Amethyst uh, Amethyst trend, isn't
2: opposed but... to it.
0: It yeah. seems like this is the thing, is Amethyst steals stuff and other people have to go back and pay for it. Yeah. Uh, so we then get a donut and soda training montage, um, which culminates in the gang going and hanging out in the water. Connie is, is hesitant to go in the water, she didn't bring her, uh, her swimsuit. But as we all learn from Amethyst, in the heat of battle, you're not going to have a
1: swimsuit. <laughs> My gosh, you're right an amusing way of kind of getting her to loosen up yeah, and it's... agree to slack off
0: if, if if a fight came up and the enemy was slightly in the water <laughs> you are going to have to run into the water with clothes on. I guess it's not wrong
2: yeah be less uptight do the thing I also want to mention they're wearing glow sticks and this time yeah. Stephen has the red one mm-hmm. which is unlike when Stephen first went to meet Connie where he gave her back the red glow Yeah, stick. I did
1: notice the glow sticks too nice callback it is sweet
2: yeah Um, as they're all
0: having fun on the beach, Jasper's mutants turn up, just (laughs) climb (laughs) out the
1: water. So I took this as she is intentionally coming to attack them to test them, maybe? How does
2: she even know where they live? Oh, no, wait, the the big hand thing came down to it. I
0: I think (laughs) you're right. I think her intention was not to test how good the gems were at fighting, but to be like, right, how good are these mutants as my army in in a battle? Yeah. The
1: one thing I found notable about this, the way that Jasper talks about building her own army, I took this to be that she's no longer seeing herself as part of Homeworld. Like, Jasper is Jasper's own faction, is how I took it. I feel like she thinks,
0: if she goes back, she'll be an embarrassment if she goes back having been defeated by the gems, and as such, it's I need to deal with this before I talk to Homeworld. I can't talk to Homeworld and get back up. I need to do this myself. And I think that's kind of where uh, she's okay. building the army.
1: The way I took it is that with everything that's happened with Lapis and um, you know being beaten by Ghana and everything, I took that to her being like, screw the plan. I don't care about the plan. I don't care about Homeworld. That was like never what I was thinking about. Like Now she's just focused on her own kind of mission of revenge and proving herself. Because I read it as kind of like, previously Jasper was very straightforward and direct in how she thought and fought. But Mm. after having been fused and the whole like Malachite stuff and the big fusion battle, I think she's now like, okay, I need to up my game. Like I need to think more kind of outside the box. I think that's definitely a fair reading on it.
2: The way that I read it is that she's trying to do what Rose did in that she's gathering up these reject gems and um. creating her own army, because that is what Rose did. And when Jasper first comes down, she's like, where is this Rose Quartz? I want to meet the Rose Quartz in person. Because yeah. she seemed like she actually kind of admired the way that she'd kind of split off from Homeworld and gone and created her own army and has decided to fight back. So I think this is Jasper doing that in her own way.
1: Yeah, because that makes sense, because Jasper ju- does see the crystal gems as kind of rejects. So I guess, in her mind, these corrupted, feral gems are kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's
2: like, they're not the crystal gems because I know they don't like me, I can't just step in for them, but I can create my own own version of that by getting my own reject gems. Yeah. Mm. So,
0: initially we just have one mutant turns up and Amethyst poofs it, Steven bubbles it, everything's fine. And then Jasper turns up with mutant number two. Um, Amethyst is very, very dead set on fighting Jasper by herself. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you two take take on the mutant. I'm taking Jasper.
1: I took this as a couple of things. One being that she's kind of like, I'm the crystal gem. You two are the humans. Therefore, I'll handle the other gem. But I also took this to being that obviously jasper and amethyst are supposed to be the same type of gem yeah and i think amethyst wants to prove that she's just as good as if not better than jasper well it's
2: like some of the amethysts in the human zoo and whenever Mm -hmm. that comes up they look just like jasper but purple
3: yeah Yeah,
0: because
2: that is what amethyst is supposed to look like if she Mm -hmm. hadn't have overcooked and come out we're still on the theme
0: of
1: what you were supposed to be yeah Yeah.
2: so it's like you're going against what you were supposed to.
1: that lead, like they literally have a conversation about that, don't they? Mm-hmm. And there's that really adorable line from Amethyst about Rose, Rose said, I'm, I'm perfect,
0: perfect the, the way I am. I
2: am. Oh, yeah, I'm with well,
0: what is it? Jasper says in response, it's something like, Well, she lied, or something, as yeah. a matter yeah. Fact. yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to pull up some of the transcript for this, I forgot to do so before we started, but yeah, Jasper just kicks Amethyst's ass. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> She gets kicked, like, six ways to sundown. It's it's not a an even fight no. in any regard.
1: Like, Amethyst is clearly... She's trying, but I think she's coming from a <coughs> very emotional place. She's not relying on training. She's not relying on technique. She's just throwing herself at Jasper.
2: Yeah, so...
1: Retta looks very thoughtful. Mm. Is there an idea brewing?
2: No, no, it wasn't about that. I was thinking about some of my notes later on that I've... I... I'd forgotten about, but I now remember <laughs> like so it's Translating okay. your own notes. Yeah, it's whenever we have a, a little gap between watching and recording. Yeah. I sometimes read my notes and I'm like, what the hell was I talking about then?
1: I have gotten into the habit of, when I make notes of adding a little extra detail because yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to remember this and know what this means. So, Usually like, I'll just I just stare us, like,
2: at them and hope that it'll come back <laughs> to me what it was that I had
0: talking
1: <laughs> so,
2: about. Um yeah, Jasper doesn't want to
0: fight Amethyst. In her own words, I came here to fight Rose, not some runt. Uh, she she clearly has no... I think she has no interest in fighting Amethyst because she sees Amethyst as so below her. It's like, yeah, Amethyst it's like you aren't
2: worthy of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. It speaks to the high opinion that Jasper has of herself as well as yeah. the low opinion she has of. Amethyst. But
2: it's because from being created they I wanna say from being born and I was like mm, it's a gem, it doesn't work like that. But um from being created it's always you are better than all of these below you, but you yeah. are worse than these above you. Okay. I
0: found the thing that she says in response to like Rose says I'm yeah. perfect the way I am then she has low standards.
1: Oh no that's much worse.
0: <laughs> that's horrible. Um yeah, like she's she's when she's kicking Amethyst off she says things like you're not even trying. Is it because you know you're already a failure? Um, you're a quartz soldier like me, but you're not like me, are you? Uh, you're small. You're pathetic. Um, are you this desperate for troops, Rose, that you keep a defect like this? Um, you could have been me. What are you instead? Just a joke.
2: Quartz gems are meant to be really tall, then, just quartz in general, because... Amethyst is supposed to be tall. Jasper is also a quartz gem and is tall. Rose is rose quartz and she was also really tall. She yeah. was like the same. Quartz is tall, of, it seems. Yeah. 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 So Stephen should also be really tall, which will be one of the reasons that Jasper looks down on Stephen. Mm. And does that also mean that they look down on smaller gems? Like if they we are create, its before, smaller... We discussed this before,
1: but like sapphires are small and they're quite high up in the. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't think. I think maybe when it comes to, like, frontline gems, Mm. perhaps height matters, but...
0: Mm. So, Jasper pops Amethyst, takes her gem in her hand, grips it, and says something really ominous. Time to get rid of this embarrassment. It sounds like she's going to shatter Amethyst. Yes, definitely.
1: It looks like she's seconds away from killing Amethyst.
0: Yeah, and uh, Stevonny <laughs> decides to deal with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we get sudden fusion. Stevonny on the back of Lion <clears throat> kicks the gem out of Jasper's hand, grabs it, runs off with it. I love Stevonny on the back of Lion. It's, uh I want this to be every Steven Universe fight from forever onwards.
2: Calling back to the glow sticks. Mm-hmm. Steven had a red one. Connie had a blue one. When they fuse into Stevonnie, both the glow sticks are now on one arm, but it is like Garnet's Gems, yeah. which is blue and red. Yeah,
0: That's really cool.
2: Because <laughs> they had them on opposite arms. Connie's was on her right yeah. arm and Stevens was on his left. Whereas when they fuse, they're both on the left arm, but it's... Threat has been detected.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, antivirus, for blocking... Purt's good <laughs> Global Fantasy Knit JS Script Biff, B- Trojan. Well, Thank you. <laughs> that, that does sound quite dangerous. Yeah, well, Especially <laughs> that Trojan part. Yeah, I'm glad that you saved me from that uh, from that Trojan. Thank you.
2: But, yeah, I think it was uh, very reminiscent of Garnet being the red and blue mm. gems. Mm. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, in my opinion. Because she also has, like, the floofy hair that's Yeah, yeah, it's cool.
1: cool. I really like it because it's kind of like, it's not just like the best of the two of them in terms of personality, it's like it's the best of two of them in terms of their fighting ability as yeah. well. They each get their it's, abilities, it's they get their the training. It's the thing
0: we've talked about so often, it's they work so well together because they are a balance of real world experience and practice, offense and defense. Mm-hmm. They balance each other so yeah. well. It's confidence as well. I think. Yeah. yeah, They feel safe when together and they feel like they can do mm-hmm. anything. Um... So,
2: yes,
0: (laughs) Duvonny takes out the gem mutant, pops it, bubbles it, takes out Jasper, and Jasper has to flee Mm -hmm. by themselves. And Amethyst then starts to try and reform. And when Amethyst tries to reform, she tries to reform herself bigger. The initial flashes of her trying to take on her form... Are much much bigger, much more like Jasper size, and she sort of glitches a bit back down to normal I size have before she falls. That. That's cool. Yeah, she tr- she tries to form herself at yeah, Jasper can't. size and can't make oh. it happen. Um, Amethyst is shocked by Stavoni's victory. Um, she's like open mouth agape, like. You. What happened? You took. You took her down by yourself.
2: You
1: took down her and the mutant. Yeah, this is clearly the moment that it hits. when Amethyst is like, I have just been surpassed. Yeah, by like Steven. I am
2: now the weakest gem. Yeah. By
0: by a half gem and a human have surpassed a child. me. Child. <laughs> yep, two yes. children. Uh, I simply put on my notes. Amethyst feels inadequate. Oh. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to say on this episode? Because this one goes like pretty straight on into the next.
1: Yeah. Um. I like the implication that Rose helped Amethyst deal with her feelings of not inadequacy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like read between the lines. There's obviously something there about.
2: Well, I Amethyst. think she did that with all of them. Sorry, Mia.
1: Well, yeah, I think you're right. But like, I think especially for Amethyst, like Rose clearly was like, no, no, I, I like. You are yeah, enough. Yeah, it's just like, like you'll being...
2: find the way you are. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. I love that. It's such a nice yeah. message. It's absolutely adorable. I love um, it.
1: That's all I had. I've, I've
2: got a couple of things. Um, when mm. Steven and Connie fuse and, like, go into attack, it's because they look up to Amethyst. And they're kind of like, holy shit, they've popped Amethyst. We can't just leave it. Like. Yeah, that's the thing.
1: Amethyst is the one who feels weaker. But I think to Connie and Steven at this point, they're not looking down on Amethyst at no.
2: all. It's more like, if they can pop Amethyst, this is really bad. We need to do something. Yeah, yeah. We've got to help. We can't let Amethyst be destroyed. I think
1: it's the next episode when Stephen realises mm. how Amethyst feels. Yeah. So,
2: um, yeah. Th- th- sorry. There That's all right. A, there's a few. That's okay. <laughs> um, this is good. Have content. Right. Yay! Well, because Jasper runs back into the ocean and... Um, I don't know who says it because I've just written it in quotation marks as if I'd remember who said it. But they said, I guess she lives in the ocean now. And I'm thinking, is that... I think it's Connie that yeah, says it. Yeah, I have a feeling it's Connie, but I've no idea because I've just written it in quotation marks. Like, I'm yeah. going to remember exactly who said it. But um, I
0: See, if I hadn't closed the transcript, I could have looked it up for you, but...
2: I'm going to put a C yeah. next to it and pretend it's Connie, even if it isn't. Um, and I was thinking, is that to do with <clears throat> being Malachite? No one could find them at the bottom oh, of the she ocean. she get
1: used to it. I was just imagining a kind yeah, of she... Little Mermaid scenario, <laughs> like living with the fish, like, singing under the sea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see it quite like that, but I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and with
0: that, our next episode is... Episode 97, Stephen versus Amethyst. Ooh, <gasps> What a what an ominous title. <laughs> so, again, this episode sort of runs straight off the back of the last one. Um, Stephen comes back to the temple very excited about how, how they beat Jasper. Um, Garnet? I, I've written a note here, and I'm going to have to look up what she says, but apparently Garnet knows that Amethyst reformed. Okay. And I don't know how she knows
1: that. Future vision?
0: Possibly future vision. <laughs> what, is, what does Garnet say? I cannot um, remember.
1: I don't have any notes on it. Yeah, so.
0: Amethyst says yo, Pearl says amethyst, Garnet says you reformed, and Amethyst says I'm fine. Okay. I didn't notice anything different about her visually.
1: Yeah, so can Garnet. Are <laughs> we okay?
2: Yeah, some of- I was eating in between episodes just. uh. I choked on it, but I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: choked on a neutral grain. Um, <laughs> <coughs> this episode was so, sponsored by Antivirus and <laughs>
0: Um. So yeah, maybe Garnet foresaw Amethyst having to reform, which suggests that Garnet, if that's the case, Garnet's presumably aware of the fact that...
1: What happened, yeah. What happened?
0: I don't know. It seems an odd little exchange that I don't know how to explain or what to make of.
1: It could be the Garnet... Garnet, Garnet knows Amethyst so well that she can tell that there's something different. She can yeah. tell she's really It found. might just
0: be there's a difference that we, as an Obviously. audience, didn't notice yeah. that she picked up. But
1: like... Mere humans cannot tell.
0: Yeah, if we looked at them both side <laughs> by side, we could probably, like, I suspect we'd be able to pick out differences that are what Garnet spotted. But... I thought you
2: said mere humans, <laughs> as in your name, humans. Yes. <laughs> I was just kind of I'm like... I'm a mere human. So,
0: Stephen has to go for training, and Amethyst kind of wants to get on board with the training that she... day, just, just for fun, obviously. Yeah,
1: she's too insecure to basically say what the truth is, which is, I need training, please train me, I feel inadequate. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so, Pearl's training method for Stephen involves giving him Pearl Points... To win prizes from the Pearl Prize pouch.
1: Again, this is our positive reinforcement. She's yeah. realised it works.
0: I have a question about this whole Pearl Points thing. Sure. When Stephen and Amethyst are both training together, whoever does better gets a Pearl Point. Mm-hmm. When Steven's training by himself, how are Pearl Points awarded if it's not a competitive <laughs> task?
2: Maybe it's not with Stephen and Connie. Possibly. I'm
0: wondering, does he just automatically get pearl points for completing the I, task?
1: I feel like Steven is the type of kid that would not question the kind of problem of the system where he's not competing against anyone. Yeah. And he would just be like, yeah, Cause I did it!
0: Because <laughs> we've definitely shown it here is like, you get awarded a point for winning, but yeah. is he just getting winner points for taking part? A Points participation, pro- <laughs> participation trophies? Possibly.
3: Oh. Those, those millennials. Damn millennial
0: Stephen. <laughs> um, so Stephen is faster than Amethyst. Uh. Pearl assumes that you know Stephen. Uh, the amethyst just let Stephen win. Mm-hmm. Stephen wins the combat trial, and Pearl's like, yeah, "Don't go too easy yeah. on him." <laughs> um, Stephen then uses the boomerang shield blade, very clearly <laughs> reminiscent of the boomerang mm-hmm. blade technique he wanted to learn to do with swords. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Steven wins every round of the competition and this just reinforces to Amethyst she is That's no good. Like, yeah. yeah,
2: like Steven is better than you in every way. It's just out.
0: Steven picks up on this pretty quickly. Um
2: Well Pearl ends up being really mean without even realizing that she's being mean.
1: Yeah. Because she's, she's like,
2: you don't go too easy on him now, like don't hold yourself back yeah, too much. She's don't be too in- terrible. Yeah,
1: she's- Pearl clearly has no idea what's yeah. going on.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Steven picks up on it and he's a shit liar. Yes. <laughs> um terrible. Steven invites Amethyst to play Lonely Blade on the GameCube. Uh Are those bars always there? Fun fun <laughs> note, the GameCube controller has the word dolphin on it, which was the code, code name, name of the, yeah. the,
1: the GameCube. I remember that. I remember so, being at school and a lot of kids were like, Dolphin's a stupid name, and I was like, it's a code name. It's yeah, it's not gonna it's be, not gonna be the final thing. <laughs> you know what was a cool code name though? Revolution
0: yes, for the Wii. That's pretty good. The Wii
1: could have been the revolution. <laughs> I remember the Dreamcast having a cool card name, but I can't remember what it was. Was it something? What is it? Neptune or something? Uh,
0: it, it's usually like planetary yeah, ones for them. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, so yeah, Stephen, let's let Amethyst win. It's like, oh, I've been practicing months for that combo, and <laughs> you just did it first time. And mm-hmm. yeah, Amethyst sees straight through it.
2: Well, it's it's also. Um... They play the same character, which is yeah. there's the kind of significance of them being even in everything they do again. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's. I, I agree. It's I like we're it's... the
2: same power level, and you still beat me. Therefore, you're good. Yay! Yeah, like we have the same
1: techniques, we have the same yeah. abilities, yet you are better at them than me. I do think that's notable.
0: Yeah, so we we get quite a a complicated bit of dialogue from from Amethyst after. After this. And she very clearly accidentally upsets Stephen. Uh, oh, great. Now I'm the worst crystal gem. Yeah, it's, it's implying that
1: he's supposed to be the yeah, worst Yeah, like, like you, you were the shit always crystal the worst gem world. until now. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's supposed to be the status quo. And Stephen understandably gets upset by that. Because he's like, I've been trying so hard
1: to get better, and now you're angry at me for improving. Yeah, it's because the gems as a team have been encouraging him, so I think he's kind of like, I'm doing the thing you're telling me to do and get better, now you're annoyed that I Yeah, can...
0: it's like, I, you know, I'm sorry I just wanted you to feel better, oh great, now you're more mature than me. <laughs> you're supposed to be the rookie, but you're better than me in everything. Um, Steven's response is, I thought you guys wanted me to be strong, and now you're mad at me. Um... Amethyst, I'm mad at myself, uh, it's the thing I do, I get mad at myself, and then it makes me suck at everything I do even more. And we basically just get this escalating fight of both Stephen and Amethyst insisting that they are shitter than the other person. Yes. They're not insisting that the other person's better, they're like, I am shit, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good, which proves that I am the shit one. It, it's a really weird... Flip on a trope from media. Yeah. Having this idea that it's not a competition to prove who can be the best. It's, I'm going to do my best and prove that you are still better because I'm shit. Yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's really weird because it's kind of a backwards way of having a compliment session. Like, when you yeah. just complimenting it- each it other. It shows
1: where it's coming from because they're mm. both upset and they're both kind of blaming themselves for not living yeah. up to I their potential. Because I think Stephen is always... Blaming himself for not living up to the potential of being Rose. And Amethyst is blaming herself for not living up to her potential of being a quartz gem. And they're kind of both coming from this point of view, being like, no, no, I'm the disappointment to the crystal gems, not you. Yeah,
0: Yeah. like, Stephen's like, you don't suck, you have so many cool things, you've got two whips, two whips, (laughs) And and the dash thing. Uh, Amethyst is like oh you've got Rose's shield and bubble and the floating thing Stephen's response I forget to use that half the time and my powers don't work all the time and they're just like I'm the, I'll am i prove that I'm the worst I'll fight you and show how bad
2: I am let the worst gem lose it's also showing that they both look up to each other
0: because it's both, kind
2: of like yeah but you're amazing because you have this yeah, thing
0: they both look up to each other but they also both feel shit and inadequate
1: mm-hmm. Um, I also kind of read this as the big sister being anxious that she realises her little brother is all of a sudden better than her. Yeah. Because that happens in family, as a it it seen. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, Retta the Only Child.
2: <laughs> oh, like when I was a kid and I thought it was Lonely Child. <laughs> you
1: were a lonely child. <laughs> I
2: always oh. used to tell people I was a lonely child. <laughs> so uh, both Stephen
0: and Amethyst spend the entire fight telling each other how amazing they are. Turns out Steven can make a spike bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fairly cool. He didn't even know he could do that. It I was an that. accident. <laughs> it's like, it does that disqualify it being cool if he didn't <laughs> do it deliberately?
1: Yeah. Um, it's another really cool instance of, like, his defensive abilities having offensive capabilities.
0: Yeah. Both of them, at some point in this fight, save the other from real harm, mm. but then use that moment to also attack them and to continue the fight. Yeah, they, cl- they
1: clearly still care about each other, as upset and as angry as they are.
2: <clears throat> the, the way that I've like written it is they are both fighting similar battles against themselves.
1: Oh,
0: that's, that's, that's <laughs> some good analytical discussion there. That's good, I like that. Um, <laughs> they end up on the floor, both too exhausted to fight. Both of them laugh and bond over how terrible they both are. Stephen is upset that he's not Rose Quartz. And everything about this, like, bonding over mutual feelings of inadequacy is the perfect build-up to when, in a few episodes' time, we get Smokey Quartz. Mm, which based on yeah. those mutual feelings. Like, this, this whole episode is basically mm. just a build-up to these two are really similar and have a lot of the same weaknesses, but that means that they can ultimately, like team up to have some of the same strengths, because yeah. they, they view themselves terribly, but they view the other half of themselves amazingly, and together they have they can have respect
1: for themselves through the yeah. other person they are yeah. used with. It's, it's nice, like because they care about each other. It allows yeah. them to, in a way, feel better about themselves. Well, balance. it's
2: the mutual respect for each other as well, so them being together would ultimately make them both feel stronger. Because it's like, you think you're inadequate, but look at how the other person you fused with sees you. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like a really big ego boost, I yeah. reckon, to have that. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, that's everything I had to, I want to say on this episode. It's just, It's just a really kind of sad, sweet back and forth between these two about, you know, feeling inadequate and wanting to live up to live up to the amazingness of the other person. Yeah. And they both they both
1: look up to each other. They both feel inadequate and they both find solace in that eventually. Mhm. It's quite bittersweet. Like there is a resolution to the episode, but not it's not like everything's solved. They're not all of a sudden
2: But I think humans. that's one reason that it's so good because if you feel inadequate, it doesn't just go because someone says, "You're not inadequate." Yeah, I agree. Like that's not how it works. Mental health is a lot more complicated than mm. that and it can take years and years for you to actually kind of come to terms with those feelings. Don't you look at me like that, Mia? <laughs> I,
1: was, I was just kind of like, I have been through that and you
2: have been through that. Yeah. <laughs> We've <laughs> all been through that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at Mia and Mia's face was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they ruined the ruins in their fight and they're not going to see the prize pouch for a, for a while. Ah, it's over. So, yeah, if we've not got anything else to say about this batch of episodes, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up. I have nothing at all. Well, that's perfect. I don't know why I
1: dragged that out, as if it had some sort of significance. It's all
0: right. Time to do (laughs) self-promotion. Okay. Mia, where are you on the internet?
1: Uh, On the internet, you can find me at MiaViolet.com, which is my blog, website. I am also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash where there is now video content and actual content for backing Woo. me. So, <laughs> you don't have to just back me out of generosity anymore, you actually get something out of it. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at @omiagod. And
2: Retta, where are you on the internet? I'm super Reta, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> just type that I'm... in, you'll find me. Are you, oh, okay. are you taking a leaf
1: out of my book and doing the pretty much everywhere? Mm. I like how I do this big long kind of, it's here, and it's here, and it's here, and Ref is like, it's here, it's a thing.
2: Well, <laughs> I don't have Patreon, and I don't really give out my website because it's not, I don't consider it good enough yet.
0: So. You, so, you're on Twitter at S-U-P-A-R-R-A-Y-T-A-R, Super That one. That's the one. I'm Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, all those kind of things. Thank you very much for listening. We'll have another episode for you again next week. Bye.